Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. Our peace. God, we just thank you on this morning because God, you're everything that we need. Nothing missing, nothing broken in you, God. We have completeness. We have wholeness in you. So we thank you for that. And God, as I go forth to teach your people, I thank you that I have been, not going to be, but I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I it's no longer us who live but it is Christ who lives on the inside of us and you shall you will get all the glory you get all the honor you get all the praise on this day in Jesus name now God I thank you for moving by your spirit in this place God you know what we're in the need of even before we ask So I thank you that every need in this place has already been met in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you would, open your Bibles or open your iPad, your phone, your tablet, whatever you have. Open it to 1 John 3, 16 through 21. And we want to hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say unto the church. And if you're born again and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are the church. This is just a building that we come into to fellowship. Amen. First John three sixteen through 21. I'll be reading out the new King James version. Are we all there? Now I said first John, not. St. John. Mitch say, I got you. All right now. Okay, verse 16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, How does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. I want to talk about assuring our heart, assuring our heart. When we look at the word assure, it means to convince or to persuade. 
to convince or to persuade. When we look at convince, it means to cause someone to believe firmly in the truth of something. To cause someone to believe firmly in the truth of something. So when I was going over this and when the Lord um, gave me this, the problem with the church today is our hearts are not being assured. And I'm going to tell you today how to ensure, assure your heart. And being that your heart is not assured in some areas, this is why you're feeling guilt. This is why you're feeling condemnation. But in the first part of this, it say, by this, we know love because he laid down his life for us. So we got to talk about why he laid down his life for us. See, when we look at a verse of scripture, we just don't bypass that scripture. We want to understand what is being said through that scripture. He said, by this, we know love. So in order to know love, we have to know God. Because God is love. So the way we get to know God is through his word. It's through what's being preached. It's through what's being taught. But we get to know his love by what Jesus done for us. We have to understand that when we go back to Genesis, to the first book of the Bible, and we read this, people use it in Sunday school. They talk to you about Noah's ark. They talk to you about all these stories, but it's more than just a story. This is what has actually happened, and it tells us why God did what he needed to do. So don't just take the Bible just for a storybook. When we look into the word of God, it's what has already been written. But we have to take what has been written to get in our heart so it can become rhema, so it can become a spoken word that's speaking unto us. When we go back to the beginning, we see how God created everything. God called forth what he wanted to call forth. God said in the beginning, it was God. There was no one there. And this is what I want y'all to catch. There was no one there but God. He's Jehovah. He's the self-existing God. He didn't need nobody to create it, create him. Everything was created by him. That's why one of his names is Elohim, the creator. He created what was created because it was nothing there. It said in the beginning, God created. So it's God, not man. I want you to catch hold of this. Don't let man fool you to tell you there is no God. Because nothing would be here without God. Before the mountains came forth, before the earth and the world was, he was from everlasting to everlasting. That means he was here before anything or anyone was here. That's the first thing that we got to assure our hearts with. That's the first thing that we have to convince and persuade our hearts with. Because if you're listening to people and saying there are many gods... There's one God, but he has many names, but it's still one God. His name is Elohim. He is the most high God. He's above everything. He's above everybody. So we have to understand that. Don't let people tell you, I don't believe there's a God. I'm coming on alone. I just got to back up because the Holy Spirit said back up. I got to go to the part where God told um, Adam, This is flesh of your flesh. This is bone of your bone. This is what Adam said. So Adam knew. He said, 
I have to be joined. I have to cleave unto my wife. I have to leave my father and my mother and I have to be joined unto my wife. Men, I want to say this again. Don't bring your mother and your father in your home. Your wife is first. That's how it is. You don't leave your wife at home, men, and say, you know, I'm going to my mama house and I'm going to take care of mama house. You take care of your house. Any mama that tell their son, I come before your wife is the devil. The devil. That's the devil using that mother to tell any man, I come before your wife. That is not in alignment with the word. Let me read it. Come on, y'all better open your Bibles right now. Because some of you are getting mad. I'm going to tell you nothing but the truth. So when you get home, if your mama's leading your dad astray, you better tell him nothing but the truth. This says 24, Genesis 2, 24. Therefore, a man leave his father and mother. Did it say the woman? You know why it didn't say the woman? Because man, the man is taking the woman out of her house to go to the man. But he said the man have to leave his father and mother and be joined. Do anybody know what joined is? Do anybody know what joined is? That means that what? One. Come up here, uh, Jeremy James Bryant and Maquisha. Queet May. I have to use them. I don't know where Quisha at. Is Quisha right there? Now see, when these two knuckleheads got married, <laughs> that's my son. And I love my son. But this is his wife. So I would dare not to tell my son, hello? Jeremy, pick up the phone. What you going to say, son? See, what's up? What's up? See, I know my son like that. Can you give him a mic, um, uh, Mr. Bryant? Can you give my son a mic, please? I guess he's too busy talking. I'm going to get the mic. He, he, you know, a man can't do two things at one time. See that? He going to sit down. Don't you know what I asked for? That's a man for you. Because he's too busy. He's busy in the church. My husband's a busy man. Hello? What's going on, mama? I need for you to come over here. And I need for you to help me clean my house. I need for you to get over here quick. Man, you know, I, I got a lot to do with my house. You know? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not thinking about your house right now. I'm thinking about my house. Boy, I raised you. You know, mine got to come first, so. Who told you that foolishness? God. <laughs> and by the way, the next time Mother's Day come, I'm before your wife. You don't go buy her a diamond and don't give me one first. You, you understand that? God said don't go like that. <laughs> he got to know how to answer. To keep his house in order. He better know how to answer a quick man. She's a silent wife. <laughs> she may not say nothing, but them ways and them actions. 
you marry me. <laughs> but see, this is how it's supposed to be. If he's joined to his wife, that means that he's connected. They are one. That means he left mother and father's house and he came and brought this woman into his house. That means that he have to take care of his wife before he take care of his mother. Why? Because his mother has a husband. And if that husband does what he's supposed to do, I don't supposed to call my son. I don't confuse his house because my husband ain't doing what he's supposed to do in his Somebody need to hear this. But I beg you to differ. My husband ain't nowhere like that. So I'm saying, let's follow what the word of God is saying. You do not leave your house to take care of somebody else's house. Any man that leave their house and go to mama's house before they take care of their house, that man need to grow up in the Lord. Thank y'all so much. So where am I going? I'm sticking with the word. The reason why I'm sticking with the word, some people mad. Some people are saying, wait, did I get home and tell him this? <laughs> a husband is won over by what the woman say. And there's a way won over by the word, by what the woman say. The woman have to be according to the word. And you have to know how to go in and out, women. You just don't approach your husband and say, Apostle Amanda said. You don't go to your mama house no more. No, the word said. I'm giving you what the word said. So this is what Adam knew. He knew this is my wife. I can't cleave to my mother and my father no more. I have to cleave to my wife. I have to be joined to my wife. He's going by the command of God. So he told Eve, this is what we have to do. This is the command that God has given us. We cannot eat from this tree of knowledge of good and evil. If we eat from this tree, woman, we're going to die. He told Eve this. So when Slewfoot, old serpent, Satan, which used God creation. Did y'all not know God can use, uh, Satan can use you and you born again? Did anybody tell you that he can use you even though you born again? Some of y'all think the devil ain't using you. I'm going to prove today he is. So this is what he did. He was in that garden. Everything in that garden was good. That's all Adam and Eve knew was good. Every animal in that garden was good. They stayed amongst snakes. They stayed amongst all these animals. And these animals could not do no harm to them because they were created for what? For good. For God's purpose. God has a purpose for everything. But then Satan used this serpent. When he used this serpent, he asked Eve, did God really say? You can't eat from that tree. So then Eve began to come back in and said, God said we cannot eat from this tree or touch this tree lest we die. She put touch in there. But this is what Satan did. He had to get her mind off of what God said. Y'all follow me. The enemy want to take your focus off of what God is saying. He want to put your focus on what you should not be doing. So he had her to focus on that tree so much. That Eve began to eat from that tree. Not only Eve. Now check this out. Adam is the head. Remember? So the head already told her. We can't do it. Right? It's in the word. 
So this is what Eve did. She took a bite of the fruit and she said, here, honey. Okay, baby. That's Ahab himself. Ahab. Y'all know about Ahab in the Bible? Ahab let Jezebel run him the way he, she wanted to run him. So he took a bite and then the word of God said, check this out. I'm going somewhere. Then the word of God said, follow me y'all to Genesis 3 verse 6. So when the woman saw, I'm going to skip that one and go to verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked. Now check this out. The tree of knowledge of good and evil awoke their conscience. Their conscience was dead. They didn't know nothing about right and wrong. They only knew what was right. They only knew what was good. But the moment that they ate from the tree, their eyes was open. Meaning that in the beginning, they only saw spiritually. They only saw the way God wanted them to see. But when they ate from that tree, now they begin to see naturally. They saw how naked they were. Being that they saw that they were naked, they were ashamed. But they were not ashamed before when they were naked. Why? Because they were seeing spiritually. So when they saw that they were naked, when you see that shame from being naked, what you going to do? You're going to try to cover yourself up, right? So they sold fig leaves together. They go that self-righteousness. They were depending on themselves and not depending on God no more. Before they ate from that tree, everything was about God. It wasn't about them. It was only about God. They only seen spiritually. They only saw what was good. So they sold the fig leaves together. And when they sold those fig leaves together, this is what happened. God would talk with them. They knew the sound of God in that garden. So when God came in there like a wind, they knew the sound. They began to hide themselves from God. Now look at this. God came in and said, where are you, Adam? Check this. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? Y'all know he's God. He's all seeing. He's all knowing. He knew where Adam was. He wanted to see how Adam was going to answer him. Where are you, Adam? And this is what Adam said. Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now look at this. When we do something wrong, we hide ourselves. You can't hide from God. God know where you are. But look at what God told him the next, the next thing he said. And he said, who told you that you were naked? God said, who told you that you were naked? I didn't tell you you were naked. And I know Satan didn't tell you you were naked. So how did you get knowledge of your nakedness? The intuitive knowledge, the conscience woke up and said, you're naked. You better hide yourself. So this is where I'm going today. I had to put that little bit in there to go where I'm going. But this is what God did. Even though they were wrong and what they did, God was still showing mercy. What God did, he killed an animal and he took and blood was shed and he covered them. He covered them. He let them know you don't, even though you are wrong, y'all better catch this. 
He said, I'm going to take care of it because I'm a merciful God. I'm still going to cover you, but you can't stay in this garden. He said, because if you stay in this garden, you're going to live in sin forever and you won't die because you're going to still eat from this tree of life. So he had to guard that garden so they wouldn't go back in. So God had a plan of redemption. And this plan of redemption that he had, at this point, man was separated from God. There was a separation and God had to deal with what separated man from him. There was a barrier now. And that barrier was sin. This is why the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. But it's through somebody. He didn't say man. He said Jesus Christ. So the only way that sin can be dealt with, it had to be dealt with through somebody who knew no sin. And the Bible tells us that God took Jesus who knew no sin, who became sin for us. So we could become the righteousness of God through Jesus. That's in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. The only way we could be made right was not through what we do. All your goodness is not going to make you right before God. I don't care if you go out and do good things. That does not make you right before God. So God had to take a person that was sinless that had no sin, that knew no sin, to lay down his life for us. So Jesus was that, what? He was that lamb. He was that sacrifice. This is why it says sin separated us from God. Go with me to Isaiah 59. When we look at Isaiah 59... Verse 2, it says, but your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So we were separated from God. It was a barrier in between us and in between God. That's not how God wanted it to be. God wanted to have a relationship. He wanted to have fellowship with us. He wanted to share with us what he had. The only way he could do it is get rid of that sin barrier. And that sin barrier had to be dealt with through a sacrifice. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. So Everybody understands sin now. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. That means a life that's everlasting, that will never end, even when you die. If you die in Christ, your life will never end. You're going to live forever and ever and ever. So he had to deal with that barrier, and the only one could deal with it was Jesus. Now, when Jesus dealt with it, he dealt with it once And for all, Jesus did not have to do like they did in the temple and steady kill animals to atone for sin. It only covered sin, but it did not um, do away with sin. So Jesus was that one sacrifice that took sin and catch this y'all. He took past your past sins. He took your present sins. What happened in the present and your future, what you don't even know about, what you don't even know you're going to do. God said, you know what? I got to take it all. 
I got to get rid of sin permanently. And he did it through Jesus. That's why the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Blood had to be shed in order for sin to be dealt with. This is why when you see Jesus on that cross and you um, hear the blood that's from the top to the bottom of that cross, that's representing the sin. God says sin has been taken care of through Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. This is why when Jesus died and he said it was finished, the veil, it tore in two from the top to the bottom. That barrier that separated us from God, now we're no longer separated. That's why he said it is finished. I have dealt with what has been separating you from him y'all this is awesome so you cannot do it yourself some of us in this room today is saying well you know i'm gonna quit this and i'm gonna quit that i'm gonna be better in this and i'm no you can't do it yourself that's why he sent his son this is why when you hear of the virgin's birth everybody hear of mary she was a virgin the reason why god used a virgin that have never been with a man because god was coming in on that virgin it was not coming through the sperm of a man it was going to come through the holy ghost the holy ghost was going to overshadow mary and then that's how jesus was going to be conceived it was going to be God's son. Not man didn't have nothing to do with it. But Mary had to carry that baby. So we understand that sin had to be dealt with. That was the barrier that was um, separating us from God. Everybody got that part. You need Jesus. You cannot save yourself. You need Jesus. Jesus is salvation. He's everything that you need. Through Jesus, you are justified. You are sanctified. You are set apart. You are made holy just as you have never sinned. And all of this, when you accept what Jesus done, understand if people go to hell, they're not going to hell because of sin. They're going to hell for rejecting Jesus. Who took the sin on your behalf. That's why the only way you can get to the father is through Jesus. It ain't through Buddha. It ain't through nothing you do or can ever do. It's through Jesus. The only way to the father is through Jesus. That's why Jesus took the form of a man. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. When Jesus came down here on earth, he showed us the way of the father, the way that it should be. So Jesus was the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was who? The word was God. So everybody got that because I'm still going somewhere. So we understand that there was a sin that uh, stopped us from going to the father. Jesus took care of that. That was taken care of. Now, once you hear what Jesus done, and I'm going back to John. Let's go back to John. See, I'm finished with, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. They ain't all of it, but I gave you a snippet. That's part of verse 16. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now, I'm going to tell you why we don't do what Jesus done. He's not telling you to kill yourself and go up on the cross. 
what he's telling you to do when we get born again, when we accept what Jesus have already done. I want y'all to check this. There's going to be no other man. Jesus is not going to get on the cross again. Everything that Jesus done when he said it is finished, y'all, it was finished. He's not doing a do-over. Why am I saying this? Because we're crying out to him to do something he's already done. The reason why we cry out to him for things over and over again is because we have not assured our conscience of what he's already done. You have not convinced yourself. You have not persuaded yourself. Okay, Holy Spirit, I'm backing up again. You are a three-part being. When you got born again, you born of the spirit. That's the real you. Spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is what got born again. Your spirit is the real you. And this is why it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What have become new is in your spirit. Everything you need is in your spirit. You are born of the spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So you're born of God. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So we are born of God. So we have to see ourselves for who we are in him. So your spirit is the real you. That's the part of you that's sealed until the day of redemption. That's the part of you that sin cannot touch. The devil cannot touch your spirit. I want y'all to catch this. The devil cannot touch your spirit. But you have a soul. You have a mind, a will, and an emotion that the devil touch every time he get an opportunity. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. This is the part of you that you have to get renewed on a daily basis through the word of God. This is a part of you where the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. That means change. How am I going to be transformed and changed by the renewing of your mind? Then you will be able to accept. Then you will be able to prove and know what the good and acceptable will of God is for your life. So your spirit has everything. But the soul has to connect to the spirit. Guess what? So your body will follow. If your body is not following your spirit, it is following the ways of the world. Because you have not connected your soul to what God is doing. Everybody got it. Give you another example. Y'all see this tissue? I'm putting it inside this Bible, okay? I'm shutting it up. It's inside the Bible. If I mail this Bible off to Africa, what goes with this Bible? The tissue, right? The tissue is inside the Bible. So wherever the Bible go, the tissue is going to go. Whatever the Bible have, the tissue is going to have. Amen. Because the tissue is inside the Bible. This Bible and this tissue are one. Right? So this is why when the Bible say you are 
in Christ. That means that whatever Christ have, you have it outside of you. Because God don't see you. He see him. So the moment you accept him as your Lord and as your Savior, you don't go to the Father and say, Hey, Father, this is Amanda. No, when I go to the Father, I know who I am now that I'm in Christ. And I can't be denied if I mess up every day. Why? Because he see Jesus and he don't see me. God see according to your spirit, not according to your soul. Oh, I'm helping somebody. You cannot go to God based on your soul. You got to go to God and say, I'm shut up in him. And I recognize that I'm shut up in him. I recognize what the blood of Jesus have done. So my conscience may be condemning me, but I got to assure my conscience that the blood has been shed. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I can do all things. Through Christ which strengthened me. I am the healed of the Lord. It doesn't matter how I feel. I am who God says that I am. Outside of what I do. Outside of what I say. I am still righteous. Come on somebody. Don't you let people condemn you. You better be assuring yourself today. The church have missed it. You being taught this stuff. But you got to assure yourself. It ain't what your mama say. It ain't what your daddy say. I don't care if you've been prostituting for 22 years. Once you accept Jesus, that's who I am in him. And as long as I know that's who I am, say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. I know what the blood has done. Got another one for you. Let me come out these shoes. Because that ain't who I am in him. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Them shoes start hollering, but they ain't going to quit. Them feet got, them shoes got them feet hollering. But they ain't going to stop me. Because that's not who I am. Now I want y'all to catch this. Y'all remember when they were in Egypt. They were in bondage. They wasn't free. They were going through some challenges. But over 400, before all of this happened, God went to Abraham. God told Abraham, this is what is going to happen to the people. He said, they're going to be in bondage for 400 and some years. But check this, Abraham. They're going to go in bondage. He said, but I'm going to bring them out. Somebody better grab that because I feel the spirit moving. They're going to be in bondage, but I'm going to bring them out. They're going to be in bondage, but I'm going to bring them out. I want y'all to catch this because some of y'all in this room is still in some bondage. But God said, I'm bringing you out of bondage today. Jesus already bought you out, but you ain't assured your conscience that you have already been brought out. So they were in there. Come here, sister knees. 
They were in Egypt. They were working hard. Working hard in Egypt, Sister Nice. Trying to supply for this one. Trying to supply for that one. Trying to satisfy your home. Trying to satisfy somebody else's home. Girl, you doing some work. You're trying to do it because you're saying when I do it, then they'll like me. Then they'll be satisfied. So this is what I'm going to do. But one day you got into the word of God. And the word of God got into you and you was reading over there in the book of Exodus where it said that God come. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He come unto Moses and he let Moses know I have heard the cry of Sister Denise. I have heard her crying out in her oppression. And I want you to let her know that I'm going to free her today. That I'm going to lose her today from this bondage. Thank you, God. Oh, I told you it's in the room. Told you it's in the room. See, the word will do what it needs to do. So God said, Moses, he said, Amanda, I'm going to send you to Egypt. And it ain't going to look so good when you go to Egypt. But I'm just sending you with my word. He said, I'm not only going to send you, but I'm going to send your husband with you. Thank you, God. Thank you. So, when he got to Egypt, he began to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. But Pharaoh said, he said, let them go so they can go serve God. He said, who is your God that I should let your people go? Sometime, y'all, we got to bring God out the box to let them know this is the God I serve. So whatever they did, God was mightier. When they threw down their rod and it turned into a snake, God threw down his rod and ate up their snakes. Come on, God is more mightier. But through all of what happened, he didn't want to let them go. Through all that's went on in your life, See, the devil was trying to hold on. And you was allowing him to hold on. Because it seemed like it got harder, Sister Denise. Seemed like it got harder. The more you tried to serve God, seemed like the pressure just started just getting hotter and hotter. Seemed like people talked about you the more. Seemed like you come at people even the more. But God said, I still want you to go and tell Sister Denise, I'm bringing you out of this. I want you to hold on. I want you to trust me. I want you to focus on what I said. If I said you're coming out, you already out. I want you to see yourself. So, after all the plagues, check this out, y'all. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you act like you ain't going to go through something. To get what God has already provided for you. So you got to hold on. Hold on. So here they go. Here they go. The next thing was, God said, I'm going to show you my mighty hand. God is doing the work. That's all. 
He's doing a work. So God said, I'm going to show you my mighty hand. So what did God do? God said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get a lamb for each house. I want you to get a lamb that's without spot, without wrinkle. I want you to get a a lamb that has no blemishes. That means that lamb had to be pure in God's eyes. So they got the lamb and God said, I want you to take the blood of the lamb. And I want you to put the the blood outside. Y'all better catch this. I want you to put the blood outside the doorpost. You know why he said put it outside the doorpost? He said because I'm the only one that need to see the blood. He said because when I see the blood, that means death have to pass you by. He said the blood wasn't for you. The blood was for me. Y'all don't get it. The only reason why we plead the blood. It's because we know what it done. We ain't trying, Brother Willie, to get it to do nothing. The blood already done it. The blood was already shed, Brother Jamie, for the remissions of my sins. So when I say I plead the blood, I'm letting my conscience know. I'm assuring my conscience, Apostle, that the job has already been done. So God has already saw the blood. This is why the blood is on the mercy seat. Crying, mercy, mercy. And he's giving me new mercy every day. And Brandon, it ain't because of what I done. It's because of Jesus. So baby, when you accept Jesus, no matter how many times you mess up, you have to assure yourself. You got to look in the mirror and say, I am the righteousness of God. I am who God has created me to be. It don't matter how people see me. I know who I am. And the more you assure yourself, guess what, baby? You're going to turn for what you don't suppose. Oh, my Lord. Uh-oh. Church. We got some issues. We got some issues, church. We're still trying to do it. We're still trying to fix ourselves. And if we assure ourselves by the word of God, we will know we already fixed. This is a spiritual thing. This is no natural thing. We don't supposed to be beating people up. The Bible says, go with me to Romans 8. Romans 8, 1. I believe we are all familiar with this. There is therefore. Now, no. Can somebody say no? no? Condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ Jesus, he do not condemn you. God does not make you feel guilty or make you feel wrong. See, this is what the enemy wants. Your conscience lets you know what's right and what's wrong. But sometimes your conscience is forever condemning you. Oh, you unworthy. Oh, you ain't going to be healed. Oh, you got to do this or that to be healed. This is, this is what's required. No, that's not God. 
God don't tell you that. Because if you assure your conscience every day of who you are, now that you're in Christ, guess what? You could carry out and you can fulfill what the word already said. Here's a scripture for you. Listen at this scripture here. Y'all, I know this is good meat. I don't know about you, but I had to assure myself. I had to remind myself. Listen at this in 1 Timothy 1.19. Continue. He was talking to Timothy. Continue to have faith and do what you know is right. That's a good conscience. Listen at this. Some people have rejected this and their faith have become shipwrecked. We got some shipwrecked faith in this house. What did something happen when a ship is wrecked? It can no longer sail. It can no longer move to its destination. If your destination is healing today and you're allowing your conscience to condemn you, to tell you, you still got pain. You're not going to be healed. You better go take care of this. It ain't working. Your knees still screaming. You got to assure yourself that I am the healed of the Lord. Because the Bible says, by Jesus stripes, I'm already healed. The Bible says, he sent his word and he has healed me and he has delivered me from my destruction the bible says that he was wounded for my transgressions he was bruised for my iniquities and the chastisement of his peace was upon me so by his stripes i was already healed not going to be but i am already the healed of the lord so pain you have nothing on me so i command you to go right now in the name of Jesus because I got authority over you because I know who I am now that I'm in Christ let's say and intensify that don't change who I am and what God said now if I go back and forth with my conscience bringing doubt and let me think that I'm not healed my faith is shipwrecked that means I'm not putting my trust in God I'm putting my trust in the natural how I feel what's going on around me our conscience conscience have become defiled because we're not purging our conscience see the blood of Jesus already done come in and done sprinkled done done what it needs to do but we have to purge it every day because of our soul not because of our spirit. Amen. So every day while you whining and complaining, what about me? Why nobody don't think about me? Why am I thinking about it? See, your conscience telling you all that. Nobody ain't thinking about you. Nobody don't care how you feel. Nobody, 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 nobody. Who are you? That's why he said, do all things without complaining without murmuring do all things without complaining and murmuring why because your conscience whatever you do that's what your conscience become accustomed to that's how it lives you have to assure your heart you have to assure yourself who you are 
Now that you're in Christ and what you have, you got to constantly do that. You're not constantly doing it to get it to work. You're constantly doing it because you know it's already worked. You got to stay from around negative folk. You got to stay from around folk that look at good as being evil and evil as being good. Let me go there with that one. When a person is wrong, if I have two children sitting here today and they're playing a game, the other person won, the other child won. Instead of us saying, good job with this child, because that child didn't win, that child is over there pouting and cutting the food. I cannot tell that child, good job. I am messing that child up. I need to tell that child, you did not win. But you will get it in another, but you didn't win. That's not how we act. You do not tell a child good when it ain't good. You're confusing that child. That ain't right. That's not how you speak truth in love. Oh, I'm helping somebody. This is why the world is so confused. Because we telling somebody good when it ain't good. You got to tell your children that ain't right. That's not what you do. You got to raise them up in what's right. Quit telling somebody. Well, pray to God. He'll answer you. God ain't going to answer you in your sin. God hates sin. Say your prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die, I hope you don't die before you see Jesus. Before you get born again. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. If you ain't accepted Jesus, hell taking you. Hello, somebody. You better teach your children right now while they're in the womb and when they pop out, you better keep teaching them. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Just because your friend hates you, you don't hate them. Just because your friend got don't mean you need to get. Mm-hmm. Well, they go, mama. Why can't I go? Because you're not their age. You can't go. You can't follow them where they go. You better draw the line. This is why people are having so many problems today with hearing God. Because the church is telling them they are right living in sin. The church is telling them, well, if you've been going with them for 40 years, it's just like you married. Liar, liar. That ain't what God says. If somebody asks me, well, you know, we've been together. I'm 60 and they 70 and we've been together all these years and I believe God is. No, we don't. That's a lie. Quit telling people them lies. Then when they die, oh, they done been with the father. No, they've been with that woman. Well, you don't know what they did when they died. May the life you live. And if your life is speaking sin, it's sin. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Some of you, some people don't agree with me in this room. Mm-mm. But it don't make me no never mind. It's all over the word. Have you been reading it? Or you have get, gotten your own interpretation? 
Because, see, you feeling guilty. See, when guilt is in the room, you're trying to justify your guilt. The only way you can overcome that guilt is through truth. Sanctify them in truth. For thy word is truth. Y'all, the Bible's so good. Listen at what Timothy said. No, Paul, Acts 23, 1. Then Paul, looking earnestly at the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. His conscience. He lived in a good conscience before God. How could Paul do that? Because he was assuring his heart. When you assure your heart, when you bring in the word to yourself and every day, you reminding yourself, you're doing it because of that conscience, because that conscience was put there for right and wrong. Some of us are hearing our conscience and think we're hearing God. God don't give you fear. God don't tell you stuff opposite to the word. You got to get your conscience right by giving it the word of God. You got to purge your conscience of every evil work. And the only way you purge it is through what? The word of God. It says in Hebrews 10, 22, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. So we got to keep that conscience pure through the word of God. We have to recognize what the blood has done on a daily basis. So when somebody try to make you feel some kind of way, when you know who you are, you don't go on what they say. And when it comes to our parents... When a parent is telling you right, you don't come up against a parent that's telling you something right. Because they're supposed to tell you what's good. But see, the enemy is going to say, you grown. You know what you're doing. You need to go ahead and do it. And then you do it, and it don't turn out like you thought it should. Because you should have listened. So God wants all of us To assure our hearts so our faith won't become shipwrecked. If things in your life have not manifest the way they need to be, it's because there's a guilt there. You feeling guilty. You feeling condemned. If you know you have told somebody the truth, guess what's going to happen? You shouldn't have told them that. You need to go back and you need to clear that up. No. If I know what the truth says... I don't have to clear nothing up. Then I go back and take the word and reassure myself. This is what God said. I will not apologize. Not for the truth. Well, you shouldn't have said it like that. You should have went in this way. Well, maybe you should have, but I shouldn't. You don't know who or what I have to deal with with that person. You don't know how God got me speaking to that person. So sit down and shut up. That's the problem. People always want to step in and say something, but they don't know what's going on in that situation. You should have said it this way. Well, you need to do it this way. Well, you do it that way. Acts twenty four sixteen. Paul said, this is why I always try to do what I believe is right. Have a clear conscience before God and people. Now, let me say this. All of us in this building, we, how many of us this morning have messed up? 
many of us in this building have messed up this morning? Some of us are raising our hand like we don't do nothing wrong, right? How many in this building have messed up? Have said something or done something? You messed up. Is that true? I'll raise my hand. If you thought wrong, you messed up. Let me tell you why I'm saying this. We know we mess up on a daily basis, right? There was this man, he was preaching and he said, how many in the building have messed up this morning? Somebody raised their hand. Then he said it again. How many have messed up? His wife raised his hand. It was eight o'clock. He says, eight o'clock and you done messed up that quick. She said, well, I did it because I don't know if I did or didn't. Let me give y'all this. I want to help somebody in this building. When you more sin conscious on always messing up than God conscious, that means your conscience ain't purged. If you always think about messing up all the time, if sin is always before you, then you're more sin conscious on messing up all the time than you are on God conscious. Home the sun sets free is free indeed. So if you know he has truly set you free, your conscience won't be guilty all the time. Look, Lord, I don't know what I've done, but I might have done something. And I don't want that something to get in between us. Lie from the pit of hell. God don't see you. God sees his son. So when you go before God, you ain't going on the basis of you. You going on what Jesus have already done. That's how you assuring your conscience and knowing that when I go to God, it's already mine. I don't have to do nothing to get nothing. Jesus already done it. I'm just thanking God for what I already have. Now the question is, what if a person keep sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning after Jesus did what he done? The reason why they're doing it is because they're not yet understanding what he has done. When you know what he has done from you, nobody don't have to tell you to quit doing what you're doing. You're going to want to quit it. But if you keep, let me go somewhere. I'm going to help somebody with their salvation today. Because some people claiming salvation and, oh, I'm going to help you out. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Don't y'all like how that paper just flips? I don't know about you. I love. (laughs) Listen at this. 1 John 3, verse 4. Starting at verse 4. Listen at this. Whoever commits sin also commit lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested, Jesus, to take away our sins. And in him, y'all hear that? And in him, there is no what? Are you in him? Hello? Oh, you see, you're not sure. Y'all got to assure your hearts more because y'all ain't sure. Y'all ain't sure. Whoever abides in him does not sin. That's your spirit part of you. You get it? That's your spirit part of you. Listen what I'm saying. Whoever sins has never seen him nor known him. Little children, 
Let no one deceive you. He who practice righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For the purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Jesus was the only way, the one that could take away that sin. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. That's born of your spirit. I'm just bringing to let you know when you're born of the spirit, you cannot sin. Your spirit is sealed. Sin cannot touch your spirit. But the problem with us folks is our soul. But if you truly have accepted him as your Lord, you ain't going to want to sin. You ain't going to want to fornicate. You ain't going to want to commit adultery. You ain't going to want to cuss. You ain't going to want to drink. You ain't going to want to do what you used to do when you were in the world. Now, if you fall short to it and you reassure your heart who you are, you're going to eventually turn from it. But it's not going to take 20, 30 years. And it ain't going to take sometime weeks and months. When you're truly born again, all that foul music is turned off. Your children ain't in there to be, 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 be turned it off. As for me, this is my room. This is my house. Not up in here. Some of y'all sent them to the room. Go in your room, put your headphones on. No, you ain't because it's messing up your mind. The Bible said, spare the rod, spoil the child. The corn ain't the rod. Do it biblical. Put him in the corner. Hey, Mike. Hey, Ernie. How you doing today? What you doing about playing with my friends? Everything is outside the Bible now. You got to give them a spanking. What did I tell you? They said again, you didn't hear me. not go to corner when you learn your lesson how they gonna learn a lesson you ain't told them yet go to corner when you learn your lesson come out they come out oh daddy oh mama sorry for what i don't know you just sent me to the corner i remember little jada you just looked at her and she went straight to the corner (laughs) she come back she was the same little jada but she went to the corner on her went to the thing on her own What I'm saying, church, today, and I'm going to leave it as this. When you know him, when you have assured your conscience, your heart, before him, you ain't going to want to do what you used to do because that ain't a part of you no more. Because that soul is connecting with the spirit and it's flowing to the body and the body is not living like it used to live, doing what the world does. This is why the world is so screwed now. Because everybody is agreeing with male and male and female and female. You know why? Because God loves everybody. Yes, he does. But God don't love sin. See, God loves everybody. He created me this way. No, he didn't. 
And I should, we should not feel guilty for saying the truth. Well, you know, if you say the truth, they're going to do this. Somebody got to tell them the truth. If you're a Christian, you can never even stand before your kids because your kids feel good and living like that, baby. That's not what the word says. And we're going to honor what the word said, but now they want to throw it off on us. You don't love me no more. Because if you love me, you be If I love you so much, I'm telling you, now you got to go back. See, it's grace. We do tell them about grace. But some people don't hear grace, so now you got to go back and say it, tell them. God said, homongers, fornicators, adulterers, the fearful and unbelieving, they're going to bust hell wide open. That's when their conscience begin to make them guilty and recognize, I need a savior. When you keep loving on them, yeah, okay, baby, yeah, okay. Don't let nobody make you feel bad. God knows your heart. So you making them think it's okay. No, that's not how you do it. You got to tell them, how can y'all go to court? Raise your hand and know you're lying. Put your hand on the Bible. That's so stupid. <laughs> when they take, I say, I don't do that. I'm not going to swear on no Bible. I say, I don't believe in swearing on no Bible. Do you think the truth is going to come out of a person swear, swearing on the Bible when they ain't nothing but evil? They're going to tell you what you hear. Do you know that person? No, sir. And it's your girlfriend. <laughs> Have you ever seen that person? No, never seen them a day in my life. Liar! And just put your hand on the Bible. <laughs> Thinking you're going to help somebody. <laughs> Assuring your hearts. Before God. That's what we have to do. But the only way you're going to do it y'all. Is through. The word of God. Y'all got to keep on. But I I know we got. We we working on some stuff up in here. We trying to get. Everything done. I'm going to move it on long. But I can't skip over this. I'm not going to hold you too long. And I know you got to get out of here. We're going to get you out of here. We got stuff to do. The kids got to sing. Judah got to sing. But I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. I ain't going to hold you too long, but I got to tell you this. I got to go back to where we were. To where we were. By this, we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods... And sees his brother. This is a Christian brother and sister by the way. In need. And shuts up his heart. From him. How does the love of God abide in him? Number one. You got to know God's love. When you know what God did. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5. He proved his love. He demonstrated his love. While we were yet in sin, sinners, Christ died for us. That means he didn't wait on us to get it right. He did it before we got it right. Let me say it again. When we have a brother and sister that's in Christ, when we know God's love, the problem is some of us don't really know God's love. 
Because when you truly know God's love, you ain't looking at how that person messed up. Hold it right there. I got to do some correction. I'm going to go there. When you know his love and how he laid down his life for all of us, if somebody come to you and they're really in need, you don't punish them, right? You're going to help that person that's in need. But if it's a repeated pattern, you got to back off. Listen to what I'm saying. If the pattern keeps repeating and they're not listening, they got to go through. Listen what I am saying. You can help someone, but if you're going against what the word is saying, if a man don't work, he don't eat. If you're helping somebody that's laying on the couch with the remote and now the lights is out and they ain't going nowhere to work, the lights stay out, that's me. Why am I going to turn on a lazy person lights when they can get up and go to work? Why well, don't have no car? Start walking and believe God. Why would I be out there, anybody, and the person laying on the couch? Well, you know, I, I, I did this. You did nothing but lay on the couch. Man, don't work. There's a difference now with helping people. That person got to do something. In that case, we will be broke. You got to teach your children the right way. And once you teach them the right way, if they go the wrong way, you got to let them fall. In order for them to get up, they got to fall. You got to let them go through the fire. And that's when they start trusting God. And that's when they start knowing how to deal with what they have. But if you keep checking in, they're going to keep checking out. And they're going to make you feel guilty and you feel wrong like you don't do enough. But when you see brothers and sisters that are in need, when you know the love of God, you will help that need. You will not send them to the church or other people. They come to your house and they truly have a need. If your heart is assured before God, you're going to know when to give and when not to give. Because the Holy Spirit, he's going to let you know what to do and how to do it. But if you having a pity party for that person and you just feeling sorry for that person, they're going to rob you blind. Period, Pooh. So I'm telling y'all today, assure your heart before God on a daily basis. And the more you assure your heart before God, you ain't worrying about pleasing man. Because you know that you have already pleased God. You know the scripture that says, study yourself approved? This is why we study to show ourself approved. And, and this is why we rightly divide the word of truth. It is for the conscious part. Because we're saying this is who I am in God. So when I stand before God, I know who I am in him, not in me. Because it ain't about me. See, I'm studying to know who I am. That's why you rightly divide in the word of truth before you give it to somebody. You got to know who you are. You got to know what Christ have done. You're not studying just to hit somebody with the word of God. You're studying to show yourself approved to make sure you in alignment with what God is in alignment with. It is not about you. It's all about him getting the glory. If you want people to know you some scholar or you know how to say Greek or you know how to throw a little Hebrew up in there. Come on. If you don't know what the scripture is saying, you need to sit down. 
In him you live, in him you move. And in him you have your being. Y'all, the more I know, the more I can grow in him. If I'm not assuring myself every day, oh, Lord Jesus, know the difference between your conscience and the Holy Spirit and God. Know the difference. Some of us have our conscience talking. You ain't going to be healed. You better not do that right there. You better not do this right here. If it ain't lining up with the word, then how can something line up when you don't know what the word is saying? Don't let nobody bring condemnation and guilt and wrong before you. Let God be God and let every man become a liar. But the first and foremost thing that we have to do is accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Don't let the enemy fool you to make you think just because you do good, you go into heaven. That's what was wrong with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were basing going to heaven on them, on their self-righteousness. Just because you come to church. Just because they let you put your name on their roll. When your body is laying up here or wherever it's going to lay, that's just a shell. That's just a body. And that body, it will rise in Christ if you're born again. But if you have not accepted Jesus, it ain't about your good works. You got some sinners that act better than Christians, but if they haven't accepted Jesus, they ain't going to heaven. I don't care if they act better than you and give you that booze and a Christian won't give you some sun drop. Then until they accept Jesus and change their heart, they going to hell. They can give y'all the booze they want. Y'all better know the difference. You got some Christians that walk past you and you got the sinner man ready to help you. That don't mean they going to heaven. That just means that that Christian needs some work. Don't say you wasn't told today. Don't say you wasn't told, but God has done a good work and he still, we still have some work we got to do with the soul, but the spirit has everything that it need. Amen. So I honor God and I pray as we go into this some more, it's going to help people to manifest what God has already given you. Quit working for something that you already have. If you are born again, you have everything you need to live this life here on earth. But you got to know what you have. Amen. And at this time, do we have anyone in this room that do not, have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior? Is there anyone in this room that have not said I do to him? Now is your time of salvation. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.